0: Get your lazy ass out of bed and come record a show with me. But you should be silent, cause you can't sing.
1: The only thing I can be after that is silent, because that is possibly <laughs> the worst thing I've heard in my entire life. And I mean, well, I've don't... heard, so, I've heard, I've heard some pretty shit things, and that really <laughs> has just gone very near the top of the list no 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 i'm sorry john friendship or no friendship (laughs) that was fucking awful scotty i spent at least 35 seconds preparing that well if you ask me that was 31 seconds too many (laughs) (laughs) i'm just never talking to you again and with that folks thanks for listening and until next time (laughs)
0: <laughs> you take
1: care, <laughs> never to
0: make the same mistake again. But it's too late; you're trapped. You're listening. So, Scotty, um, can we can we start the show off with a little bit of celebration?
1: Oh, You mean that's not what we've done already? Um, yes, go go ahead, celebrate away.
0: Well, we want to celebrate our longtime listener, devoted follower, uh, and and indie successful indie app developer, because he actually shipped something. A round of applause for the release of Captionista. East ah. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, and we don't want to reveal the the, the name because we would we 'd never uh, want him to have to admit in public that he's ever actually listened, so we 'll just call this person um, park Mamer
1: um, <laughs> <laughs> Park Mommer. <laughs> You're, um, let, let's just say I'm never going to entrust encryption to you. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's why I was my, my my
0: application to work at Bletchley River Park was <laughs> immediately sent to the shitter. No, I
1: know the, what, If we just swap the first letter of one name with the first letter <laughs> of the other name, no one will ever guess. Especially,
0: especially if it it can be done to put, with good, you know, with to comic effect. <laughs> But anyway, you know, like, like, you know, <laughs> like Matt Tancock. I I mean, come on. Did <laughs> you just, just say Tad Madcock? It just works. It's like his parents must have hated him. And I think even Mark's <laughs> parents may have had a mild disdain for their son, knowing that at some point in the future, his name would be mangled in such a fashion. But that's not what I was meaning to do.
1: I was meaning so, to So, to... really, not only have you now insulted. two people who were previously friends uh, but you've insulted their parents at the same time how many friends do you think we have that we can afford to do that no no
0: no, no 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 no! i take it all back you know all this is done with love and so let's, <laughs> let's let's get this back on the rails because i did want to to spend a few moments um talking seriously and 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 you know giving kudos to to, to this thing because it's not it's not easy to ship an app i know he's been working on it a long time everybody who's reported about it is saying that you know that he's been working on this long time um and i think there are many things about it that are really great um and one of the first things I notice is that that he. He's... Followed all the tricks about having a press landing page. And I was looking at it and I thought, yeah, it's actually quite good. It's really helpful for reviewers. And there are some reviews that are already popping up that are quite detailed. It's starting to get a little bit of Twitter traffic out there. Um, and and then the first run experience I also found quite helpful. And so then people are saying, well, what the hell are you talking about? What does to do? What would you think it does, Scotty? If I were to tell you it is a tool for captioning video Uh, would you think that that's that's correct, that I'm correct?
1: Well, I guess as I've been sort of uh, involved in what's going on on this app for about the last 422 years, I probably should know the answer to this, shouldn't I? So that is correct, John. That is correct. Now, here's here's
0: the thing I find very interesting about it is because, you know, I have occasion to want to add captions to an app, and so I also have, to have used it earlier on in the beta, and it seems to have evolved quite a bit, and that's very good. But there was always this tension about it, and I think this is this is where there's an interesting you know challenge uh, for getting product market fit because people who want to have captions, captions are on everywhere these days, you know, and I think for lots of reasons, but one of the reasons. Is that is even cited in the intro video is that people used to think, well, that's only for people who are are deaf and, and, um, certainly, that's true. That's why captions were originally created or what the intent of, of it was. But now, in many cases, people are scrolling through their Instagram feed, and for whatever reason, they may need to have the audio turned off. And so having a captions help convey the message, and they can be done quite artfully. Sometimes it's not – and, you know, sometimes it's done just for, for effect. And I've seen some captioning uh, layouts that, that you know, use variable size fonts to kind of – in very, very clever ways – and so there is a certain expectation that, you know, people have uh, zero patience for anything that's difficult, <laughs> sadly. Some people are willing to, to, to use a tool that requires manual work, and other people will just never touch it with a, with a you know, a 10-foot pole. And that's kind of the challenge. It's something similar, I remember, with memory mind. It's like, what do you mean I need to mark out things? Shouldn't it just do it automatically? But, you know, face detection hasn't been widely invented <laughs> yet when um, I started on it. And so... I was having this conversation with them. It's like, well, you know, should it be done automatically? Should you start with that and use this tool to edit? And I think that where it seems to have landed is something I think pretty careful, uh, clever in that oftentimes you will have the complete text of what you want to do to caption in advance. And, and I, I sent you earlier, maybe I'll put it in the show notes, but as a trick or as a, as a taunt to uh, the bass player of, of, uh, of my Grateful Dad band that I'm in, um, bailed. And so it's now become tradition that whenever that happens, we take one of his songs and I rewrite the lyrics in, in, in vulgar ways. And I, of course, did that. And in order to be able to sing it, I had to prepare the lyrics in advance. And so I did my video editing in the tool Splice, which I've talked, about and then I thought, okay, well, I'd like to have caption-style titling for it so that people can sing along and 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 this is the type of thing where they au- actually offer an automatic you know uh, speech-to-text mechanism on it, but it doesn't it doesn't it, it kind of doesn't work in the context of this. This is a short video. They it, it you have to p- pass the video up to the server. It takes a long time, and by the time it's done, it's incorrect. And I already had the text, and I thought, okay. It should be pretty easy to lay out. And in fact, it, it, it wasn't in many ways because Splice does a million things. So I said, okay, it should work very, very easily in Captionista. So I, I prepared a video with that, pasted in the text. And I like the mechanic that they have where they say, just get all the text in there. And then your challenge is, is to set the the timing by tapping. And I thought, oh, that's really good. That's clever and i thought ah i should be able to figure this out now here's the challenge it's very possible that i'm just stupid and i will readily admit that but i found one thing mark park marmor if you're listening um, the tutorial videos in this particular case where you show what's going on the screen it sometimes it, it, it would be very difficult to to for somebody to know where you're tapping and when and i think that is a missing piece that you got kind of an overhead view of somebody actually physically touching the screen so you can see how they get it because it's like one of those things where it's it's a slightly new approach and maybe counterintuitive but once you get it i think it's it's just like learning how to to sew or tie a knot or do some little trick where you look at like i'll never figure that out and then you figure it out a little bit and think oh my god this is really efficient it works that's my only little uh, suggestion for it but other than that um, I think it's a it's a lovely app for what it does, and I hope it does very well. So congratulations, Mark and team, because I think he also has somebody else he's working on whose name escapes me right now. And I'm terribly sorry. Yeah,
1: it's congratulations. Not only is it hard shipping an app, uh, you know, it's hard shipping an app where. That you can be proud of and the quality, and I think, and I know, Mark is very much about quality, and he doesn't like taking shortcuts. So, yeah, yeah, this app's going to have bugs. Of course, it is because it's an app. <laughs> Nobody has a, an app. Without bugs and whatever else, but the the care and the love that has gone into this app has been you know uh, been immense. So yeah, um, shipping is a uh, a momentous thing. So yeah, congratulations all round, and um, we will put a link in the show notes, and people should go take a look because even if it's not an app you are particularly uh, interested in, to see what someone uh, you know um, can ship. Uh, and you know, just to clear, I don't think Marco Minnem. He is a consultant um, like me. He works on a, a bunch of projects with people, and so this has very much been a a labor of evenings and weekends, um, which makes it even more impressive when it ships. So, um, yeah, congratulations! We always love it when uh, when somebody ships. Yep, and I will say one last thing. It's like I bought
0: a a subscription for it because I liked it, and I intend to use it. So if you like it, support your fellow indie developers, or support even if they're not your fellows, just support people handcrafting something there.
1: And the uh, the the sad news is that, that we've always had this bit of ongoing rivalry. That um, you know, uh, you know, I've always said to Mark, huh, I'll actually ship Moneywell before you get this out the door. <laughs> That's right. And of course, <laughs> well, of course I was wrong. <laughs> So you should be made to buy two subscriptions,
0: then at least yeah, one for are. you and for Barky the Failure Dog. Barky the Failure Dog, because we can
1: annotate his barkiness. Exactly. That would be a good shtick. You should, you should put a camera on Barky the Failure Dog, and then we can create some, some, some I'm gonna create a caption. new A new computer language called Bark. There we are. There we are. Uh, have you seen that computer language called Ook? based on the, um, I have. Uh, the, yes, where everything is just about the number of ooks you have together. I'll try and find a link in the show notes. We won't go into it now, but it is uh, quite amusing if you've never seen it before. Anyway, John. So, talking about getting things done and and making things work. Have you uh, have you? I mean, we've spoken about Mark's success. So have you ah. been successful in any <laughs> way this knew, week at all? I knew you were going to pull this shit. I mean,
0: uh, take this approach and try and 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 throw me under the bus. But in fact, I have done something fairly successful. And I know last week I was saying it's like, well, I can't really talk about what I'm doing. But now I found a way of talking about what I'm doing uh, while staying uh, within bounds. So. Uh, I am working on, on a fairly long-running project, which involves sending lots of of, of notification-style messages. Um, and in this particular case, part of the challenge that I have as a developer is I have to deal with two things. One, I have to deal with, you know, the, the layout and presentation of, of the message using some code that's, you know, quite a bit of code that's already there. Um, and also in this case where we're transitioning somewhat something new, so I have to kind of try and and make the best choice about, you know, how much of the old stuff I knew, and if I have to extend it, how can I do it in such a way that it would work, you know, uh, within the new stack, so to speak, that we're using for this, um, and how to make it work under a pretty tight deadline and not be blocked. And so for messaging in general, you know, whether you're talking about existing Apple push notifications or something else, um, where you go and fetch a payload when you 've been notified that there's something to fetch um, it's a it 's a pretty big payload and it describes a fairly complex situation for which the the, the member has to then take some actions. Um, and so I was thinking about it a long time, and and when I'm you know in the analysis phase, I keep saying it's like okay, well, are all the messages done? Is that done? It's like oh no, because that's that part of the you know that team is is not available right now. and We need to get going. So you know we have some mock-ups. We think the design is correct, but we also want you to to start working on this, and and I want to start working on it so I can figure out where the edge cases. How quickly can we get to somebody being able to put it in their hands or at least run it through a, you know some automation tests? Um, and how can I set up a development environment that I can work with quickly? And in other similar projects, I've struggled a little bit or and gotten a little bit frustrated sometimes when, when a, a necessary server component was difficult to work with or not available or I didn't have a, a, a user account set up that you know, qualifies for, for this, this flow and so on and forth. So I said, I'm not going to be holden to this. I'm going to do something clever. Um, And I thought, well, I could just use mock data. Um, And so lots of people do that. But then the question comes in, how do you use mock data in a way that, that is safe, so to speak, because you, we have to be exceptionally careful about what we bundle with the app, especially if it's, we just do. Um, and so, I then learned that from one of my colleagues, you know, uh who works on a different team who ha- who regularly as part of their work has to go through similar challenges and they set up a very clever system where they made a a resource bundle but this resource bundle is only ever shipped with the app if the app is running in debug. So it took a bit of scripting and work and I didn't have to do that. It's great, but this bundle was there and it's magic because what allows me to do is ship some JSON files Put them in this bundle. Make sure that they get copied into the bundle, um, uh, and and that it's safely done only during debug build. So that's the critical piece. Because then I can run the app on the simulator. I can break in the simulator and say, "Hello, <laughs> main <laughs> main bundle. What's your path? Where are you? Where are you at? Where on the Mac file system could I then come to this resource bundle? Show its contents. Find a JSON file." Open it up in an editor, make changes all the time to my heart's content, and then reload my mechanism and being able to get to a very, very fast development clip where I can identify all these issues, get things working, and because our infrastructure allows us to use debug build in our regular kind of automation flows and screenshot flows. I could even start to get some screenshots in advance for our, our studying colleagues in localization to be able to to, to say, hey, does this work? And, you know, in, in when we work with the, the longest translations and the smallest device, does it work? And I was very, very pleased with myself, Scotty, Scotty, Scotty. So you thought I was just going to, like, glom on somebody else's success, but in fact, I had some success myself. So there.
1: Oh, John, I'm always happy for you when you have some success. I think you're being yeah, a little bit little bit uh, nasty to me with that, but, yeah, oh, there. Oh, God, we're... I'm sorry. I'm just joking. Well, there we are. You're just having to put it out there and put it back today, aren't you? There we are. <laughs> <laughs> just like you're coding, really, isn't it? <laughs>
0: oh, my God, that was so mean. Oh, God, that reminds me of, of, of uh, another thing for the show. <laughs> I've, like, fell down a rabbit hole with a very funny satire account about tech bro software engineers. <laughs> And there were there were some roasts in there that were pretty brutal. But Scotty, I want to turn it around. Um, well, first, if you want to shit all over my work, uh, feel free to do so. But then I would pass it back to
1: you and tell me about your week, John. I would never shit on your work, and I always actually do enjoy it when you uh, when you have something to report and that you I uh, feel pleased with what you're doing because you know we spend a lot of time moaning about software development, and mm-hmm. you know, and I know a lot of it is a bear, but yeah, you know, it's equally at the same time it's good if we're enjoying what we're moaning about <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> there we <are. laughs> there's the title enjoying what you're moaning about <laughs> so um it's uh, it's good um i've been i think i might have mentioned this a little bit uh, uh last week um but I, i'm implementing something in in an app that where uh this particular screen has got to um just slightly move away from the way other screens show things. Um, pr- primarily, I, I can't say everything, but primarily there's often a toolbar uh, that appears at the bottom of the screen to do certain things when... Um, uh, yeah, yeah. When you need to interact with content uh, within this application, but there are, there is a, a particular circumstance where uh, having that toolbar appear is um, uh, not necessarily the best way of making things work uh, from from a UI and, and user perspective. Um, which means, in this particular instance, we want to move the way some things happen and where they happen. Now, the application I'm working on has been written with a very, very consistent and very tight architecture, which uh, when you are working uh, within the normal scope of the application and following the paradigms that have been set up, make everything you know very easy to understand how you name it, very easy to understand where you put it, very easy to find. I, it's a little complicated to get used to to begin with, I have to be honest. It wasn't, I didn't originally write this application. Um, and there are uh, aspects, you know, you're thinking, oh, that's maybe a little bit too segmented in places. But but it is, you know, what can always be said for it is consistent in the way it follows things. And, of course, that's, that, that's really good until you want to break something. <laughs> Um, And the way it works. And then you're left with the uh, you're now left with the dilemma of do you do you break something which actually means you're actively in this instance going to be working against the architecture? Um, and you know it in the old days, I remember when I used to come I came to the Mac in the mid 2000s 2005, five two thousand and six, and I was trying to learn cocoa, which was very different to dot net, which I was used to before that. Everyone always said, "Well, if it feels like you 're fighting cocoa, then you 're probably doing it wrong mm. um, yeah, and so I always keep that in mind, and so it is a case of do i now and do I now end up with this this you know bunch of hacks around the code to to do you have to fight a little bit of the architecture to to implement this one thing that that's different um, you know is that the right thing to do is this now going to be you know the the slippery slope into evil where the whole thing gets full of hacks because now that's the precedent set that we can hack around this architecture we want to or do you now have to you know take a take a step backward and adjust the architecture <laughs> So, yeah, Barky's woken up. Um <laughs> That's adjust, already
0: commented.
1: Yeah, just adjust the architecture to now fit multiple paradigms and multiple pathways through which this could be done, which isn't necessarily a very small amount of work. Um, it's, I'm not saying, yeah, it's huge, but it's not small. And you, the reality is you may never, never need to do anything other than this one screen that way and and so pragmatism says that you should just in this instance break the architecture and you know just make sure you leave lots of code comments about this is not the way it should be done you know we shouldn't be following this practice whatever else and you know if anyone ever finds himself with a you know a spare couple of weeks we should be re-implementing stuff around this but the reality is you know that will never happen because it never does, you know. You, whenever you, whenever you say we'll go back and fix this later, um, you know it will never go back and be fixed later. <laughs> I think it is virtually a ninety-nine point nine percent guaranteed that any code comment says must fix this later will still be there when the app dies in two thousand years. It will still be waiting to be fixed, and so. I'm <laughs> so sorry, sorry, about have, to say have, well, just every time I
0: see to do, I think that there should be a a a linter which goes through and
1: just changes the word to do it's like shit's never gonna happen don't lie (laughs) yeah it's um yeah so i was going through a code base once and said you know um it had you know had a a double slash will fix when elvis returns um (laughs) (laughs) so it's like and that's probably as likely to be fixed as any other to do in the app. Uh and it depends. I mean sometimes if you're doing a lot of hacking um you know sometimes you're doing some architecture changes and um you know you you want to get certain parts of it working, but that means you have to break other bits or, like, just comment bits out for a while. And, and then you quite legitimately should be putting code comments in. But I wouldn't, in those cases, pick to do or something generic, because they could get lost with every other to do or whatever in the app. You probably, if you're on this particular project where you're rearchitecting and you're just breaking things temporary, where you're before you fix it again, you should just probably pick a code word or you know a project name and you know prefix all your comments with that, because basically you're not finished until all those comments are gone. And mm-hmm. yeah, if you used to dos then thing there. So there we are. So that's, um, yeah, that's the dilemma is too strong a word, but it's um, uh, in there. So, yeah, it, it's, and it's hard to make the choice because you know whatever I choose will be what I'll, I'll live with. Um, so, yeah, and I don't have a right answer because there is no right answer to this. It's it's, it's very subjective. So, um that's the uh, that's my moan of the week or my comment of the week or or and, and I guess the other thing is well about um when you're working with very decoupled disconnected the architectures, which do mean genuinely mean you can use things in lots of different places, you do often find that your you know your events are being chained somewhere. So you might end up with a button on a toolbar that needs to actually interact with a view that's, you know, seven layers down in the hierarchy. And so you end up with like delegates that have to support events that, that pump it all down. And then if you move stuff around, you know, does your delegate chain work finally. So yeah, um these things I think are very pure on paper, but they're not always so pure when you put them onto into the editor. But there we go. Indeed. Well, Scotty, we have a few minutes. Can
0: I, since we're trying to make this a crammed full of goodness show, um, can I talk about it? Can I introduce a new segment, which is old man who's familiar with the hard ways that that task used to have to 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 be completed. Uh, when you were a kid or an adolescent and now are made much, much easier with clever software. And this is a surprise to only you because you're old and
1: out of touch. That wasn't the snappiest title for a segment I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> no, well, <laughs> if I'm totally uh, that, honest, the I just tried to, to, to rewrite the, uh, that like old man,
0: <laughs> old man is amazed segment.
1: Well, normally, normally when you say, "Can we introduce a new segment?" I will do a little like, um, you know, <laughs> I know, I know, ditty in there, but I can't even remember the amount of words you just said. So it's yeah. I mean, even when I was a younger man, I couldn't. So um I know, I know how we can do this instead of having the. Uh, Old oh, man, the, the, the bloody light. No, we do. We'll just go. Da, da, da. There we are.
0: That's the segment. Intro. No, I think we, we could go. Do. Old man is amazed. Okay. So old man <laughs> is amazed. No, no, no,
1: no. Please don't. No more singing.
0: No more singing. I hate you. Anyway, so um, I, I may the reason why I've been fooled into thinking I'm able to sing is because I, I did do this thing that I was telling you about, uh, you know, uh, in the last couple of weeks, the, the the folks I play with, their other dads, and, you know, so we have had an unhip hip dad, dads band for years now, uh, and we, you know... It, it, Clubs have now more or less uh, opened now, so it's possible that we can you know play live again. But in the in you know for you know during the the pandemic for about a good year, or so we you know we never met. The studio sat empty. We recently had a changed uh, a chance to change into a much nicer studio, which we had as the goal to be able to make recordings um, that make rehearsal recordings, multi track rehearsal recordings, where we could more easily capture those kind of. Uh, happy moments when you play something, it's like, ah, oh, that's good, I tried, you know, that that was a really good take, or we tried something different, because usually, you know, what ends up happening, you rehearse, you perform, then you say, okay, it's time to record an album, then you go record an album, uh, and when you're recording an album, you run into this problem where, if typically speaking, if, if you record more than as the same song more than about twice, it absolutely loses its freshness. And oftentimes, for me as a drummer and, and and my colleague as a bassist, if you can get those two really locked in and playing well, it becomes much easier to overdub vocals, guitars, and so on and so forth. And in most recording in in a rehearsal studio, it's impossible to get a good quality sound with everything. You can't get a live performance. The rooms are not really set up that way. They're designed to kind of you know take your meathead you know to contain your shitty meathead metal sound, and not you know offend the person that's in the in the studio next door, right? So, um, so we've been trying to have to to find a happy medium for. It. So for you know I I've mic'd up all my drums, we've mic'd the amps, and you run into the problems like, well, could you possibly get a decent recording for it? And Back when I was a, a kid, let's say in my adolescence and 20s, when I was in a band and a couple of bands and did some recording and my brother was a, a, a recording engineer and had a mobile recording studio. So familiar with the the, the the techniques. That was back in the day of, of tape and physical outboard gear. And of course, you know, I don't know if, since how long, at least the last 10 years, the, the processing power of laptop machines and the, the sophistication of audio interfaces has completely changed it because that even in a shitty room, if you can close mic your drums, for example, I, w- I was amazed when I was going through and seeing how both quick and I'm not going to say easy because it requires skill, but possible to to get an amazing quality drum sound through the use of of EQ plugins, which basically... If, if anybody is remembers or would have seen what a hard boy EQ thing, it's one where you have different sliders for each of the different segments of the frequency. And the, the theory is, is that if you are recording a bass drum, there's a set of frequencies, which you should be able to completely ignore so that you can get the punchiest sound on the frequencies of which a bass drum should sound or a snare drum or so on and so forth. And a snare drum in particular, which has it's in high pitch and there's, there's certain frequencies that uh, that will cause things to rattle. And the, the trick is either to know how to tune your drums incredibly well and hope that there's no sonic interference with other ones. That's kind of tricky. Or through the magic of EQ, and this is where it all, you know, this is where the old man is amazed. These plugins basically come with preset curves and filters, which it's unbelievably how effective they are and how well you can tweak them. And I was just thoroughly amazed. And it's made me very happy because I could... I could have a you know what to me is a very good drum sounds obviously going to be made better in a much better studio than than in a rehearsal studio but still unbelievably amazing and most people would say why are you even playing an acoustic drum just play a pad and a sample and you're 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 an idiot and it's like but I actually like playing acoustic drums and I like the feel of live performance so anytime that that uh, software enables this type of thing makes me very happy but it, it just you know even even our dumbass I mean our guitarist. Uh, was able to sit there and show me. It's like, yeah, it's like, here's the exact frequencies that you want to remove. And if you isolate them, you can say, oh, wow, that's really annoying. And you wouldn't hear it necessarily in the in the full spectrum of, of a recording of a snare drum. But when you isolate, it's like, oh, yeah, that's really annoying. Just get rid of it. Just notch it out. And then you listen to it again. It's like, I can't pinpoint it exactly, but the snare drum sounds so much better. And it's because of the magic of EQ And once you get these settings done, of course, you can more or less keep them or, you know, it becomes very easy. So I'm just so astounded and happy, Scotty. I'm going to be quiet now.
1: The transition of the last 30, 40 years has been, you know, amazing because people, you know, in the 60s, 70s, you know, people were saying exactly what you're saying. But I can now get this piece of hardware which allows me to adjust the frequencies and, and and change things and get these lovely sounds and there's virtually anything in life that we used to put a piece of hardware in our life and now that has t- almost totally transitioned that we we almost assume we could fix anything with software um that yeah, anything could be taken and turned into software and yeah obviously I say anything—that's an exaggeration. But you know, anything that's possible to be digitized can then have software used upon it, and uh, uh, instead of having using hardware and, and and made better. So the world is uh, definitely driven by software. So yeah, it's um, it's not about the rise of the machines, John. It's about the rise of the things driving the machines.
0: Yep. Well, but I think that's the thing. And, and and for things relating to music and video production, it's like it's been possible and but usually it's been possible on super expensive you know computers. But now shit that just <laughs> runs on your phone even, that's the other thing that is amazing to me. This requires, you know, obviously metric fucks tons of, of calculations per millisecond for it to, to be able to work. And that can work in real time without breaking a sweat and to do it in real time for multiple tracks. That, to me, is pretty
1: amazing. Uh, uh, yeah, I mean, to put this into context, we can shoot 120 frames per second, 4K video, and then edit it. And while well editing it, scrub through it in fast time, real time, slow time, to look at it on our phones. Yeah. that's That's where we're at. And, yeah. and that is not just down to the amazingness of the hardware and the phones. That's also down to how um, efficient, uh, m- you know, modern software development has become. Indeed. And with that, John, with that yeah. high high praise of our industry that we are, like, working in <laughs> in the industry that changes the world, you know, um, yeah, we're we saying all these really cool things, whereas actually, you yeah, know, most people just like software that allows them to I don't know <laughs> stick stick emojis on different parts of people. <laughs> but there we are. We we won't go there. So John, if somebody wants to stick an emoji on you, where can they go do that? Well they should do that in the place where all interactions are
0: polite and and take advantage of emoji that represent underrepresented folk. And that's Twitter, uh, where you'll find me as Jembe. That's D-J-E-M-B-E. And, Scotty, if people want to uh, give you the necessary emoji with which you can then have communication with Barky the Failure Dog, where might they do
1: that? Well, Barky... By this time next week, we'll have his own Twitter account so you can talk to him so that you don't have to talk to me. But in the meantime, I will act as his personal secretary where you can get hold of me on Twitter, uh, the place of all barkiness, uh, where I am Mac Devnet. Well, John, we've sort of wandered all over the place there a little bit today but i think there, there may have been something that may be interested someone at some point somewhere within that uh, 33 minutes so um if you're today's listener I, I hope you found a moment of joy at some point today <laughs> and if not then may the rest of your day be even better <laughs> thanks for listening and until next time
0: you take care <laughs> When, when people's moment of joy for this episode is right now. <laughs> <laughs>